Hi, everyone. It's Sunday, August the 2nd, 2020. Uh, I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined by Barra. Hey, everyone. And it is our first actual real-life episode of, of the Tanaka cast, uh, if you don't include our intro. Uh, still excited about it? or? I mean, I'm pumped. <laughs> <laughs> I get to. We're going to be following along my favorite player in all of baseball, Masahiro Tanaka, and uh, breaking down his starts uh, after e- after each one. And this is also nice enough that it works was on Saturday, so it works within our schedules, and we can get up Sunday morning and uh, break down this short, but I thought overall fairly sh- fairly sharp and encouraging start, especially when you consider that this was done on a pitch count and when he took a. Uh, 112 mile an hour fastball to the head from uh, from Giancarlo Stanton. So, you know, considering that you know he was took a uh, took a hit that could, with many people or from the wrong angle with him, have taken him out for the season, or made it say he seemed, if anything, even sharper than, uh, than than normal. Like that's one of the nice things about Tanaka, as a pitcher, is is that it's pretty clear he when he doesn't have his full stuff. He's able to power through. This was not exactly that. He had his stuff this time. He was throwing a lot of strikes. He was pay, he was painting the corners. He was getting strikeouts. Um, you know, people were still able to hit his stuff, which is so he was not at his full power. But you know, there were no home runs off of him. And even though he was pulled um, in the two and uh, pulled in the Two in the in the last day uh, with for before the last out of the third inning because of the pitch count after this unfortunate uh, essentially a, it was a double that turned into a, a two run double because of bad of bad fielding so he only got one earned run but uh, yeah I feel that if under normal circumstances Tank would have been able to grind through that and get the get the next out and go for probably a quality start to be perfectly honest because I've seen him get tagged for two three runs and then just like grind early on in a game and then just like grind out to a quality start when he had far less good stuff than i saw yeah what did you think of the decision to pull him in the third um versus letting him i know he had a sounds like he had a 50 ball or 50 pitch limit yeah um what what was your what's your thought on that my thought was is that i mean they clearly had the 50 pitch count limit uh because again we've all seen his ability to grind through the yankees had a comfortable lead it was even a homer after that wouldn't have given up the lead and it wasn't exactly flounder he wasn't exactly floundering so uh i think the pull there was less about him uh well him as a pitcher and more about him that just like trying to He's uh, he gradually increased his workload because you know he had to take that time off recovering after after the hit to the head. So I think that uh, yeah, I think that going forward, you're going to see uh, Vinda, you're going to see him probably uh, you know continue. I mean, I read on ESPN that well on my fantasy app that they're going to increase it to sixty, probably sixty games the next time. But who knows? They could keep him at 50. I doubt that. They could also just let it rip because he seemed fine and you know, he's a competitive he's a competitive guy who's a weapon. I think the biggest thing that Aaron Boone, manager of the Yankees, is going to do right now is he's really going to want to preserve Tanaka's arm and such and not have any kind of injuries in this season because uh, you know this is a wild baseball season and when Tanaka's at full strength, especially for a playoff push, 
uh, you you want him. And I think the last thing they want is for this stupid season to not have uh, an available Masahiro Tanaka. So I think that that was probably the main reason why they pulled him after 50 pitches. Um, but uh, yeah, Dan, what did you think about the start, especially as a, as a Sox fan and such? Well, what I, what, I, what I actually wanted to call to real quick is it's actually funny you said that about the long-term preservation of Tanaka. Yeah. Because... I was actually also yesterday. Sports are back, baby. I was watching uh, the Pelicans Clippers game yeah. from the bubble. Yeah. And basically, um, Gentry, the coach of the Pelicans, was getting pelted with questions about why he wasn't playing Zion more. Mm. Um, and his response was exactly the same thing. It was basically like, you know, I know everybody wants to see Zion like the entire time, but I have a player to preserve. He's just coming off of, you know, getting back into the bubble and getting reconditioned. He missed two weeks with the team, and it's more more of a long-term concern to make sure that he's good to go in the long term. Right. How many times did I say long term? I don't know, but <laughs> but same same thing here um, with Tanaka. Yeah. Um, as, as far as his, his stuff, it looks good to me. Um, uh, listening to the commentators was interesting, and, and I do also want to just quickly take a, a step back and say, while I'm definitely have started following and under your under your leadership here have started to pay more attention to to him I, he's not exactly somebody who especially as a red sox fan somebody who i, I i've watched consistently mm. so it is interesting to analyze and, and look at his look at his stuff and one thing that one of the commentators was saying that i thought was interesting is that he's one of the only pitchers in the league where when he's down in the count he's going to be throwing like off-speed stuff um uh, yeah, and I thought that was a pretty inter- interesting take. But yeah, no, I mean, and it was interesting that he used a lot more. It seemed like he used a lot more heat than normal this time. Um, I mean, Aaron Boone actually even said that you know his fastball seemed to be as good as it has been in years, like in terms of that yeah. velocity and such. Uh, and but one thing I want to also mention about the velocity. And this kind of totally gets you uh, the idea of the what kind of pitcher Masahiro Tanaka is, also a human being. Is there's a quote that's been shared on like Twitter and such. Um, uh, I think that the the original version was from, was from John Schwartz, who is the uh, deputy deputy editor of Yanks Magazine. But um, uh, Tanaka was saying about pitching in an empty ballpark. Perhaps if the fans were in the stadium tonight, maybe my fastball would have had two or three miles an hour more. <laughs> yes, I I do want to quickly jump to his Instagram post um, yeah. from the game. I have been climbing. This is literally translated from Japanese to English. I have been climbing back. I think I have exhausted the power I have now within the limit of 50 balls. I need to make some minor corrections, but I think it will be better next time as I felt a lot when I pitched at the match level. Thank you for supporting us in this difficult situation. It was an interesting situation in the park. And I know you, it, it, interestingly, you actually listened to it on a radio, whereas I watched the um, the live cast. So I kind of did a, kind of a one-two punch. So I was listening okay. in the beginning on the radio, and then I went to my girlfriend's, but we, my girlfriend, I finally got our Dominican food, went in there, and she had the baseball on the TV. It's like, so it was not, uh, I, we, we turned on there right as he struck out Jackie Bradley Jr., and uh, my my heart grew three sizes that day. 
yeah, JBJ coming back down to earth over there, but yeah, no, no, I I purposefully left him out of my fantasy lineup on this one because like you know what I, I I just have a feeling there's going to be a dealing, and and there was a dealing, although I was expect I do I what I didn't know that he was going to be on a pitch count. Um, I mean, no, it wasn't announced ahead of time. I heard heard through like the, the heard, heard from folks that the reason being why why that was is that you know you don't want to like give your opposition uh, that information, which makes sense because then they have like more of an impetus to just like you know foul up balls or gamesmanship that out to drive your pitcher off. Uh, but but yeah, no, I think that there's uh, that it was interesting then that like what we got was Tanaka to Nelson to this uh, to to this kid who no Tanaka to this Harper to this kid who was making a debut to Hale like none of the big bullpen arms came in in a close in a close game like a game within slam range like a 5-2 game although certainly the Yanks got on base a lot more than was indicated by that 5-2 to two. Yes. and they still and there still still was still was a beating um, even even the hits, because there were a lot. I mean, at least for the parts of the game that I watched, which is closer to the beginning, a lot of walks on the part on the part of the Red Sox. A lot of um, yeah, a lot of Yankees getting on base with walks. It felt like yeah, definitely. And there was steals. And I want to emphasize to anyone who's not a Yankees fan listening to this, like the Yankees, unless the person's name is Brett Gardner, and which is funny because he's like the oldest position. He is the oldest position player on the team. Don't normally steal bases, uh, but Gio Urshela got stole a base, and I believe Mike Talkman stole two, which is. <laughs> it might also be because Mike Talkman was maybe flat was was flexing with you know like hey I have a spot a spot in the lineup right now I'm going to remind you that like you know Aaron Hicks may have the contract but I'm also really good, <laughs> but uh, but yeah no I mean but Gio Urshela is not a person to steal like. Xander Bogus basically let him steal second base. That was, that was real dumb. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a, it was definitely an interesting game. Uh, in terms of switching back to Tanaka's stuff, all it was, you know, three strikeouts in that two and two thirds was was pretty impressive. That that first inning where it's seventeen pitches, two strikeouts, someone reaches on a single, and then you know, pops up, and then you know it's like pop fly. Uh, there's a fly 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 ball out. Uh, that's pretty much just like you know. Uh, that's pretty ideal in terms of in terms of what what you want and what and him having his stuff and uh, and yeah. I think that there is he looked he looked sharp. He looked crisp. Uh, one of the fun things when you do watch him is is that when he's on and has his stuff, and I think you saw is that his locations are are really good. Like he will yes. he paints it he paints quarters. His off speed stuff is is excellent and. Because he was working with a fastball with more speed, he was able to do stuff like get people to swing, like swing at high heat, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I think it also helped too uh, in terms of his overall numbers that like for for whatever uh, for for whatever reason uh, for whatever reason um, uh, you know some some of the folks were in slumps. Although that being said, once again, uh, Andrew Bennett uh, Andrew Benatendi did did manage to work a rare walk off of off of Tanaka, so. After after Tank got him the first time, uh, to Ben Attendee did get on base, and I point that out. And that you know, Andrew Ben Attendee is someone who has a decent record against Tanaka, and basically everyone when he's actually you know like working uh, when he's when he's actually like clicked in and such. Uh, he is a he is a scary scary dude. Yeah. 
this this Red Sox team to me is just wildly unlikable for some reason. Uh, I the, I the yeah. Year, the year feels very 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 rebuildy, and I think they're. I think the move to the 60 game COVID season is reinforced that for them. And it just, it just feels like they're packing it, packing it up already. Um, mere games. Although I will, I will point out we're, we're more than like 10% already through the season because of the short season. Right? Yep. That is correct. We are, we are, uh, more than ten, we are more than ten percent, ten percent, and we are actually at fifteen percent of this season. Wow, which is inc- insane. Yep, but yeah, it just feels over before it began. But anyway, no, um, no, I mean, I, I would, I would, you know, go jumping on that and stuff. It's, it's weird to me that you know, in twenty eighteen, you had a World Series winner, then you had a bunch of injuries to chiefly the pitching staff, which like doomed, or uh, well, 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 well do which which doomed the 2019 effort, uh, and the response to that was to essentially sell and scrap everything. Yep. And I think that maybe this is just me and my own biases and stuff, but I feel like not giving the uh, not 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 creating like a competent pitching rotation or even like a rotation where it's like you know a bunch of young guys and Erod. Um, is uh, is 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 sapping it? Like I, maybe it's just me, but I was thinking when they're talking about how Ben Attendee was struggling, is like, would he be struggling if Mookie Betts was in the clubhouse to pick him up? Like, mm-hmm. that's the question. Like, even just from like a moral perspective, because you know Mookie Betts is doing great with the Dodgers. He has first home run that with them the other day. Uh, he's, I mean, even the Yankees radio broadcasters were just like waxing poetically about like, you know, like no, uh, about, you know, there's no Mookie Betts right now and who their, their shortstop there isn't, isn't Mookie Betts. And it's like, oh, he's young. But then Susan Waldman was like, oh, but you know, Mookie Betts was 23, was Mookie Betts at 23, which that's an unfair comparison to nearly everyone. Um, It's like you're comparing someone against a, against a Hall of Famer who was clearly a Hall of Famer from the get go. But the flip side is is that the Sox did have him, and yes, he, what the deal that he accepted with the Dodgers was essentially the Sox money, but with two years more. So, you know, there's some give and take to it. But it's as we said last time, it's just like it's it has more of an impact than just his numbers and just his numbers and his bat. And I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but I'm also not getting the impression that this is like. The year where the Sox be like, okay, we have only sixty games. We're probably not going to be in it. Let's have fun with like bringing kids up from our farm system and see and, and seeing how this works. Um, this seems like more that they are just like cobbling together. Uh, they, you know, they they have their core and then they throw in like whatever like you know position players that they oh, whatever like especially pitchers from just freaking wherever and just see okay does it work? I mean like. That pitcher, like, because Godfrey late yesterday was, he was terrible, and it's like, what? Why bring him? Why bring him on and do it as opposed to like, like, do you not have anyone at AAA at your farm system who you can be like, okay, let's make this happen? And if you don't want to do that, why don't, why don't you have a more uh, well, stable human arm? And why did you decide to deal David Price like? I, and this is one of the pet peeves I have as like a outsider looking in. Like you know, David Price is 
some legitimate unpleasant things as a human, chiefly, you know, how he was awful to that commentator and such on the plane. But, you know, for the most part, you know, he's, he's a really good pitcher, and I think he got way too much hate from Boston fans for, like, giving them consistent, for his consistent winning records uh, and then winning them, a, uh, winning them a World Series. And I just can't help but wonder if the dealing of him was, I mean, maybe it was also because David Price himself was wanting out, but I think it was also, I think, I also, I, I hope it wasn't also like just like bowing to the will of like the awful folks who are the bad people who listen to sports radio in Boston. Yeah. Um, because again, it just it never made sense. It never makes sense to me like the level of hate that David Price received for the performances that he would put in for uh, for y'all. Yeah, I also I, I mean I think there is definitely a degree of Boston tax, or even I would even maybe you know include just the Northeast and the Yankees in that too. Of like, I don't think people want to be here. Mm. It's like dreary and it's not L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, you know, you know, the fans are very, very passionate, and I, you know, and <laughs> they this make is... they make podcasts about baseball. And... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the flip side too is it that, like, you know, the you know, and yeah, and I will say that you know, it's not as if Yankees fans have also not been like terrible to to. Right, I mean, like, I mean. we hounded Randy Johnson out of time, and then it was I was like, and I remember like Randy Johnson was considered a failure in New York City. And then I was looking, and then he was saying, I won 17 games. I was like, is Randy Johnson not remembering things? And it's like, right, he won 17 games when he was here consistently. <laughs> it was like, what? Oh, oh yeah, we were just getting spoiled. And that, I think we were we were incredibly spoiled. It's like, my gosh, give us a Yankees pitcher now who wins that. And again, different eras, et cetera. But, you know, I mean, the Rocket was... The, the, I mean, not to rock it. I just used Clevin's name for you, Randy Johnson. I'm sorry. You're in the Hall of Fame. He is not. You You seem like a, you're a very intense individual, uh, but you're two different intense individuals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Randy Johnson was uh, the big unit. The big unit. Sorry, sorry, Mariners and, and Diamondbacks fans. Uh, was 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 pretty fantastic uh, with us. Yeah. He finished the first season 17-8. and eight. Um... And then he finished the season in 2005, and they finished at 17 and 11. Um, that first one was a 3.79 ERA. The other one was f- a 5.0 ERA, but you know at the same time, it did. Uh, he did still get 17 wins. So it's just like obviously not Cy what young, but also getting the job get, getting the job done when when you're when you're looking at the uh, looking at the actual numbers. So I don't know. Just- just two, po- terrible. just two podcasts in and I'm already thinking about what like app we need to download and buy or find that's like <laughs> baseball stats are us so that we can pull things up as we go like a like a radio broadcast or something yeah um, no I think that that would be uh that that would be that would be ide- that would be ideal um yeah if if any of our fans our <laughs> yeah. one person uh listening to us in Boise Idaho wants to <laughs> to throw it out there. <laughs> We'd appreciate it. Um, awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, too, to just go back to the start. You know, it was, it was short. Uh, it was, you know, it, he, see, he seemed to, again, have have more general, well, well, more pop on his, his stu- stuff than normal. I think that there are some adjustments 
that, as you said, he's going to make, and I'm confident that he's uh, that whatever this next start, the whenever the next start is, which we'll get to later on in the cast, uh, it's it's a uh, it's going to be. I, I think that I have I have a good feeling uh, a good feeling in my gut that he's going to continue trending, knock on wood. So uh, so we'll so, so we'll see about that. Do you have any other thoughts on on what you saw last night? No, but maybe we'll see Tanaka get back to that mythical season that he had in Japan. Um, with that, I, I want to bring up that, at least at the first few episodes of the cast, we're going to explore different elements of Tanaka's history. Mm. Um, and I know, Bear, one that you're really passionate about that you wanted to take us through was um, this mythical season that he had uh, in Japan that probably got him... Uh, got it, got him the attention he deserved over, over in America. So I mean, um, why don't you take us through that? Yeah, it, it gave him, it got him his his full a hundred. I mean, his hundred fifty five million dollar contract, uh, and also uh, which also came with the twenty million dollar posting fee. So the Yankees paid a hundred seventy five million dollars for Masa for Masahiro Tanaka, uh, and in total, and he's I would argue been worth every penny. But why they decided to put into that, especially since, you know, there's always this stuff. And I think, honestly, it's overblown as you're seeing more and more good players come in from the Japanese league. Is that there's always the thought of, like, how does it translate into American baseball? But he did something in 2013 that is probably the most, one of the most amazing performances, uh, I think, in all of sports history. Where he had a 1.27 ERA and then a 24 and 0 record. Like let's just let that sink in right now. 24 wins, no losses. And and, and with a dominating ERA no less. So it's not yes. like there was like um he wasn't getting bailed out necessarily. No, he was not getting bailed out uh, bailed out by by his runs. Like that's uh well, but by by his offense. It was not like as we saw from like, you know, Randy Johnson situation wins 17 games, but, you know, he has a 5.0 ERA. No, still gets the job, but still, it's like, no, it's just like, that is a ridiculous, ridiculous thing. Uh, and then he did lose a game in the, in the jet, in, in basically the World Series of, uh, of Nippon, well, professional baseball. He, he started game six and he lost that. But then game seven, when the Rakuten Golden Eagles, which I'm probably butchering, butchering that, sorry, Japan, um, go in, he closes the game coming in the ninth inning to win it. So he has pitches, he pitches a complete game to a loss, and then he closes it. Uh, closes the final game, Madison Bumgarner style. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the heck? So yeah, the, he then gets this contract with the Yankees, and in that first season with the Yanks, Inter- he continues the regular season streak uh, for for nine for nine more games before suffering his first loss, uh, and he goes on in that and that's a season where Tanaka was uh, pretty much untouchable because he had more speed. Um, that was where he was just like re- where he where he had speed and his off speed stuff, and it was falling off solarders. And then he got shut down after 14 wins with a with a UCL tear, and it's interesting in terms of preservation and such. Where like everyone's thinking, okay, we're gonna lose him to Tommy John surgery, and then for 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 a season he's gonna be shut down. And for a while, people were keep on saying like, when is he gonna get? When is he gonna get? And then Tanaka Nakamura's just 
He's never had it. And his speed since re- since recovering from the tree and the treatment of the tear has gone down, which is again encouraging when you see it to going up uh, up again. But he's then just like really leaned into his off-speed stuff, and it's uh, and it's and it's worked. I mean, the guy has never had a losing season. Never had a losing season with the Yanks. He is always <clears throat> he was a legit Cy Young contender in in twenty sixteen uh, uh, in uh, twenty sixteen where the Yanks did not make the playoffs, but he was but you know the. Which was also, I think, another thing that can. He still wasn't going to win that Cy Young this year, but he he had just like an excellent ERA. He was just like working all cylinders, and then you know there was like the 2017 and 2018 campaigns where he just like cemented the playoff legend. Um, uh, to yeah, just like yeah, to, uh, in 2019 too, 2017-18-19, uh, just like this phenomenal playoff legend, which also then goes into his one 2015, where he also had a pretty excellent start it's just the Yankees couldn't hit against Dallas Keuchel uh in that uh one game playoff series uh the beard was very powerful that day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know in terms of durability it's uh it is an interesting thing that's that he he's someone who has continuously defied who has continuously defied uh that uh well this what would have been like a really mortal diagnosis and been able to bounce back through it and also been not just a winning pitcher but an innings eater he has consistently just like pitched multiple uh, uh pitched deep into games and pitched a lot of games uh he is he's been a he's been a workhorse in the regular season and an ace in the postseason which you know, is a uh, I think those are two of the things that really make it so he's is uh as liked a pitcher as as he is throughout the throughout the Throughout the Yankees faithful, and I think also amongst baseball fans in general. And now he's joined by Garrett Cole. Um, Araldis Chapman was just cleared to return. Yep, yep. You got Zach Britton. Yeah, having your having your close having your backup closer be a legitimate closer on another team is a luxury. And then when you factor in that Adam Adovino was the closer for the Colorado Rockies as well. It's kind of like the third stream there. It's like the Yankees love strong, strong bullpen arms, and yep. they have them this year. And you know, I mean, James Paxton is the start was the only loss that the Yankees have this year. But James Paxton was the ace for the well, for the Seattle Mariners before he came over as well. So it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty nasty rotation. Uh, you know, like the fifth starter Jordan Montgomery is. You know, he's he's young. He's coming bounced back from Tom, from from Tommy John. He's he's good. You know, Jay Happ is uh, Jay Happ is Jay Happ. He he finds ways to get things done. Uh, you know, he's definitely I think the weak link on that at this point. But he also wouldn't be surprising if he he was able to you know continue to contribute. So so yeah, no, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty scary ro- it's it's a pretty scary rotation. Uh, and getting Garrett Cole certainly. Like you know, what the rotation well, certainly was was fearsome, and if Luis Severino didn't have to have Tommy John surgery, I mean, just like it would have been frightening. Yeah, well, of course, it's offset by their terrible offense, right? So like <laughs> horrible. They're terrible. It, 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 the hor- the horrible, you know, offense of like a guy who literally could be like the remember the cartoon with Bugs Bunny where he's pitching to the guy who like rips a tree. 
out of the ground and uses it as the bat- baseball bat. I like, don't, but that's Aaron Judge. That, right. <laughs> Aaron Judge, who looks like he could be playing tight end and almost certainly could be playing tight end in football. Oh, he absolutely could be. Yeah, absolutely. He, he could be a football tight end. Uh, he could he, – he, he might be too – well, you know, I mean, depending on what you know, he could certainly play basketball. He's high uh, – you know, like you know, he's certainly tall, etc. Um, he could be a, he could be a boxer if he wanted. He could be yeah. a flicking, like a, he could be a Vladimir Klitschko guy. Um, in terms of like big, tall, heavyweight with a huge reach. But he decided to play the sport where you know he's going to be able to retire with tons of guaranteed money and uh, right. knock on wood, no head trauma. Right. Good for you, Aaron Judge. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what I think is uh, also interesting about that Yankees lineup uh, too is is that what happened last year was that like for a while the Yankees have just been like you know bash home run, bash home run, bash home run. That's how you get done, and they still hit a lot of home runs. But then what ended up happening was is that they by bringing in DJ LeMahieu and also making it so Gio Urshela became like a legitimately good base hitter. Um, they can play small ball. I mean, it's a funny thing to say when, like, all five of the runs came off for home runs, but, you know, the bases were loaded off of small ball last night, and then Gio, who then Gio does hit one out of the park, but Gio is also very capable of just, like, getting on get, getting on base with, like, base yeah. hits. And uh, I think that that's, I mean, and one of the things is, like, you know, Talkman literally reached out and hit a ball that beat the shift was one of the, how he got on base for, uh, for eventually from the geo home run, so I think that that's a uh, that's been like kind of the secret sauce for me, and what also as a fan makes it more interesting for me for these this new Yankees offense is that you have people who respect and like hitting on base, getting on base. One one more thing I do want to touch on is I'm just reading through some of the news that I didn't know if you were aware of is that apparently along with pitching some good stuff, um, Masahiro Tanaka. Yeah, uh, was actually has been experimenting with a new protective insert inside of a baseball cap. Oh yeah, cap. yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently this is obviously in response to the concussion. Uh, but the, you know, apparently a trainer recommended it, and he was on board. And he's he said it didn't really bother him. I wonder if it'll become a mainstay in baseball play when you consider that at any point in time you could get beaned as a pitcher. Pretty no, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I the, the Yanks apparently ordered seven more of them, so I yeah. think that there's some in, some interest from other pitchers as well on the team. Hasn't been specified who else is going to be wearing them and such, but I know Jordan Montgomery was really spooked by the by, by, by Tanaka getting hit in the head. Uh, again, he seems to be someone who's like very liked in the club, very liked in the clubhouse. You know, a leader there. So um, you know, I think I, it will be curious if it's if it's adopted. I mean, I think especially if they can continue to pitch at their full level, which obviously Masa was doing, uh, you know, they, it's, I mean, it's like, why wouldn't you be wearing something which protects your, well, which protects you? Because, like, that stuff's rare, but when it happens, you, it can, it can really, really hurt you. Uh, and we literally got the best case scenario with what, with what happened when, uh, uh, with, with the, that Giancarlo Stanton hit, but, you know, it's like it is. It's scary, and I think that uh, that there's a. I think there's a good. I'm I'm glad that he's wearing choose, choosing to wear a protective insert, and you know, like yeah, would be if this thing actually does work. Um, which again, like taking ifs, like, we haven't seen someone with this insert. What happens when uh when a baseball goes to their head and such? But you know, if it does 
does work out, it would be great to see this as something that's adopted throughout by pitchers as a way to make the, make the game even safer. Speaking of making the game safer, Barra. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. What's Let's the... talk. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you seeing right now in terms of St. Louis, uh, in, in, in terms of, in terms of uh, the St. Louis tests? Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't understand exactly what you, you're asking. I, I do know that multiple players have tested positive, um, but that's about all I, that's about all I know from that end. Oh, see, the last time I, I saw it was like there was basically one player and two trainers and they were essentially trying to see how many, uh, how many, pe- how how far, how widespread it was. Um, it. So it said multiple positive tests. It looks like six individuals within the fifty-eight person group tested positive as of Saturday morning. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's a. I've heard that this is going to that this is going to be one of the crucial things in terms of like how how wide it spreads and such, because in terms of St. Louis, because so far it seems like the Phillies have things fairly under control. They're going to start playing again. Seems like the Mariners are going to start. Uh, the, the the Marlins are going to start playing again as well. But what this has done is it's just really already just like made it so a number of teams are behind. They're going to have to make up multiple games. I mean, I mean, are we just going to see a bunch of seven-game doubleheaders? I, I have to think that that's if they're going to try to break, whoa, solve this. This is literally going to be the solution. Uh, but it's it's a di- it's a it's a dicey prospect, and you know this. I mean, not to be too dramatic, but this could very well be Tanaka's last start of the of the season. Not because of anything with Masa, or maybe not anything because of the with the Yankees, but because. Uh, folks just haven't been doing as good a job containing it. Yeah, and I think the big problem here, right, when you look at, like, an NBA example, they're in this bubble. Yes. But even still, if somebody, some way, somehow, through some outside means, gets infected with this virus, it's not going to take very long for, um, you know, an entire team, the entire league to get infected with the virus. And here, there's a lot fewer restrictions. And, you know, you're seeing the results of this where, you know, and I know basketball is different because they're, I mean, they're, I mean, the players are pretty much on top of each other. You know, it's much more physical game in that way. But here, you know, people are still close. They're still practicing. They're still buses, planes together, whatever it might be. Um, And if anybody, one person gets infected, uh, the nature of the virus suggests that you might not know right away. And before you know it, your entire team is impacted. And it's now starting to have longer term effects. Um, You know, I hate to make this always the Yankees Red Sox cast because those are our teams. But I guess it kind of will always inevitably have that bias. But I don't know if you saw the Red Sox shut down uh, Eduardo Rodriguez for the rest of the season because he actually has heart issues. Oh, no. Um, as a result of uh, likely COVID nineteen. Whoa, whoa, yep. that's huge. I mean, one, I mean, you know, that's you know, like on the lesser degree, it's because you know, like Erod is literally the only good pitcher that Boston has right now. So I mean, that's in our below the season. But on the bigger and more important human level, I mean, that's awful that he has these heart issues. I mean, you know, it's like you know, you. 
you feel for anybody on a human level uh, when they have heart problems, especially as a young man. I, I hope it's something that he'll be able to get in through. But, you know, it's it's scary. I mean, not to get too dramatic, but, you know, heart stuff is how, how people in both sides of my family die. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, uh, yeah, anything, any trouble with the heart is, like, is frightening. And, yeah, to see somebody who's, like, you know, uh, who, a, a young athlete who, like, their heart is, like, very in that performing at a peak level is part of their, their bread and butter, their money. I mean, yeah, that's that's really that's really sobering. Uh, and and I, I think what it really comes down to is it's like, is it is it worth it? And mm. and I, I say that more because, listen, I'm not going to, you know, there's no two ways about it. I'm very excited that sports are back. Yes, yes. But at the risk of people's lives, no. Right. And also, I feel as though the MLB is taking many half measures mm. to, and we're seeing what half measures do. <laughs> yeah, I, I I honestly feel that the solution to here is really, and I... And, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe people will finally, you know, like, get back to it and uh, be more responsible. And and, uh, and and then things will just calm down. So if it seems like, you know, St. Louis has been scheduled out. Phillies is – the Phillies are past the Marlins scare. Uh, but everything that we've been hearing so far from the Marlins situation was that they weren't out partying. And they literally were just visiting each other's hotel rooms more um, than they should have been. And it's just like that's – uh, you know, it's like it's scary. So, like, perhaps this will continue the way it is. But I feel that uh, I feel that the responsible play, especially for a sixty-game season, would have been to just uh, to bubble. Yeah. <coughs> like, I I I, 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 I mean, they had there hasn't been a case, uh, uh, there hasn't been a case in the in the uh, in the bubble in in basketball yet, right? Uh, I'd have to since our last time I haven't seen any news to suggest otherwise but I also would, will admit that I haven't actively searched it out in a few days so yeah. I don't know I mean yeah I, I think the I think that if things continue the way it is the way that the only way to save the season at war responsibly play it is gonna have to be is gonna have to be some kind of bubble situation uh, which again shouldn't be necessarily the hardest I mean you know you should, can find you can find a suit. Find a stadium, test folks, etc., and then, you know, and then uh, then make that happen. Um, although the flip side of that is, is that like you essentially would have to start. You wouldn't have time to actually quarantine people before the bubble. You would essentially have to hope that like every or you know take basically you hope that the current testing regime is good enough to like make sure that it is like getting the case of people in that, and then essentially contract tracing people and have folks wear masks until it was determined that nothing else got in. Um, which there's also, yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's also a couple of key differences here, right? The NBA yeah. was almost done. Like it's actually kind of hilarious. The NBA restart happens. And before we blink, uh, before we know it, like the season's going to be over and right. they haven't shortened the season. It was just, it was so close to the playoffs. So it's a shortened season. Also, while they're definitely doing things to make it feel like home court, I think there's a distinct difference between home court advantage for a basketball team and home home field for a baseball team. You think it makes of, more of a difference for baseball than basketball? I think so for I mean mainly just due to the outfield, right? I mean, think about think about Fenway Park, right? right. You have the you have the big center and right field and then you have 
the green monster on the left. Now, and, and your players are, are, you know, are practicing on that field for those conditions at all times. Right, what right. happens when a ball bounces off the monster? Stuff like that. But, but I, I, think, I, I think me saying that is also just trying to validate a need to play in these other fields when the reality is, at least as far as I'm concerned, like the number one concern is the value of human life. Of course. And everything else comes after that. <laughs> of so, course. So, so like, how about, you know, it's not the most fun thing. And it might raise questions about the legitimacy of a season, but I think I'd rather I'd rather have baseball and some of those restrictions than not have baseball at all. Right, and I mean, yeah, it's so funny. I mean, as it is, there's no fans. Uh, by the way, what did you think about the whole digital fans thing? <laughs> oh, it was driving Lexi it's crazy. So cringy. It is so. It is so bad. It is awful. Um, like I, I, I will say that I'm very in favor of cutout fans. I think that's hilarious. Um, I think that could also be like a cute little way to raise money for coronavirus relief or something. If people paid like, you know, 20 bucks or something for, for like, you know, to, to have their cutout in a bleacher seat. I don't know. That could be, well, f- but, but the digital stuff is really dumb. The ultimate irony here is that we're not used to it as Yankees and Red Sox fans. But if you watch like either one of those two teams play a game in Tampa Bay anytime during a normal regular season. Yeah. Like it pretty much looks like that anyway. Yeah, no, that's, that's like the it's thing. It's already pretty empty. Yeah, no, that's the, the blessing of being, uh, be, being one of, uh, a fan of one of the five teams where like everybody, where they consistently have good numbers for attendance, which I believe was, you know, the Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Cubbies, and Cardinals is yeah. uh, that... And my gosh, the Cubs fans are loyal because the Cubs have been a team for before winning that, that World Series. I mean, the thing that I always bounce back to with that drought wasn't that they didn't win the was in the difference between that and the Red Sox was it wasn't just the Red that they had the drought for a few more years. It was that the Cubs didn't make it to the World Series until they yeah. won it. Right in 2016, yeah. like the Red Sox made several good deep playoff runs and several appearances in the World Series, and yes, they heartbreakingly lost. But there's a difference between your team losing in the big dance and not even being good not enough to make it. it to the big dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so yeah, that's a uh, so so but but yeah but yeah no um, another thing that um uh, the, the Yankees radio broadcast is putting out is that like half of the people of the digital seats were in red and she was like why is that it should be in blue this is supposed to be a yankees home game and so there's speculation back and forth but i think it was supposed to be because it's supposed to be gear of everybody but that makes no sense you're supposed to be simulating a home game right but of course they can't see that right so it doesn't really matter to them no they can't see that they can't see that at all it's just it's just cringe it's so cringy Also, I had to love um, Aaron Judge. I'm not sure if it was just out of respect or just instinct that he, when one of the innings ended, he caught a ball in the outfield and just threw it into the empty stands <laughs> to nobody. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I think that there's a combination of instincts or instinct or maybe uh, maybe Aaron Judge just being like the, the cheeky big guy that he is. Yeah. Uh, but so so funny but yeah no it's a it's wild that we're talking about all of this and it still feels to me like oh it's the beginning but again 
nine games out of 60 have already passed. Right. I think that's that's ridiculous. Uh, yep. one, one thing I also want to throw out to you is, is that uh, in terms of numbers, uh, do you think anybody's going to hit 400 this year? Um, I think it's definitely possible. Yeah. And I think it's more possible than ever before because when you get hot, that matters more, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, so if you're hot for a month... <laughs> you know ding 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 ding, ding. here comes your average what, what's your take on it uh i mean so apparently there's only one person in the 21st century who was hitting 400 within in the first 60 games um uh yeah so and i think that so and i forget who it was oh exactly but apparently it's it's something that is not regularly done of course because you know because again, you'd be hearing, "Is someone gonna break the Ted Williams hit the Ted Williams mark after say like regularly, even after sixty games?" Because it would be premature. But like you know, we all love. I mean, I personally just like love that mark, and I am very interested in like anybody making a run on it. Which no one in my lifetime. I mean, I heard there is debate whether Tony Gwynn was making inching towards that mark uh, in the strike short end season. I read a pretty compelling case that he was, but we haven't actually seen somebody on the edge of it. At least I can remember in like you know, you know it, it, in the at, at the as fall is approaching in September probably or or August, where it's like they could do it, they could really do it. Um, so obviously, it's doing it in sixty game in the sixty game season isn't going to be you know it's isn't going to be the same at all. But it's still going to be an incredible accomplishment. I mean, I think DJ LeMahieu, uh, he, he has the ability to do it. Um, it would be awesome if multiple people did. Uh, that would be, in many ways, that's, but that's also my own like feelings and commitment to small ball. That I, I love it when people are doing that. So we'll see. Um, but I think it would be a cool thing for the game to... Uh, I- that, that they see that even even though it's not going to be this equivalent or putting the records or anything. That's what I was going to say. I, I, I agree to a point, right? I mean, it's an, it's an exciting news story regardless, mm-hmm. but ultimately it's meaningless because this is a totally different format for a season. Like, this whole, like the value is that there is baseball. Right. The value and, is baseball. But the problem is, like, so, and it's, it's honestly, it's a, little, it's a little frustrating, I think, especially, like, if you're on your end, if you're, you know, a Yankees fan, is that you have a stacked team, and your team could win... 55 out of 60 games slam through the playoffs and then win the world series but tomorrow you know or once the season's over what will that matter for you know i mean i still think so my and this is perhaps a bit biased and i think because you know that the yanks have have a shot this year but you know I feel also Dodgers fans probably would feel the same way, probably even more so and such, because they've been yeah. so close and keep yeah. on getting denied so much. Right. But I think the Yankees are up there, too. I mean, I agree. I think the Dodgers are more so, but I, th- I absolutely would put the Yankees in that boat. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, like, for me, a World Series is still a World Series because you still have to get to the playoffs. And actually, with this expanded playoffs, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's actually even more of a gauntlet through that. So it was just like, yes, it's a shorter regular season qualifier but it is in my mind made up by a larger thing and you know you still have to who however 
whoever gets determined to be uh, the AL and the NL representative still has to win seven games in the actual World World Series. Uh, which yeah, and, and and that to me is you know it's like there 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 there's no other. And so to me, like you know, it's going to be a legitimate World Series win, even if like the lead up to it is going to be shorted. Yeah, but Barra, they didn't have to play 162 games, so it's meaningless. See, it, like, I I agree with you, 100. percent But there's always going to be that that take. There's I mean, always going to be like a scar on the on the season, for lack of a better word. I I, I mean, on the one hand, I can definitely see that and folks are always going to be entitled to their pity etc i mean there's folks who are going to say that roger maris is 61 didn't count because it was in less games than uh babe ruth babe ruth 60 but you know we play the baseball we 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 play baseball the way the rules are so the way the rules are written um and i would argue that if and there's a big if at this point we are able to 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 make baseball happen uh, safely and ethically get through and have crowd a World Series championship that like the hoops and the struggles that every team had to go through to get to that point totally uh, totally makes a makes that a legitimate win because yeah you didn't have to go through sixty wins but you had to go through like multiple players not being available you have to go out with people opting uh, opting out you it's like it's it's going to be wild and in terms of opt out stuff I mean you know David Price you know even though the Red Sox traded period he he chose not to be in there, and uh, Lorenzo Kane just now has opted out of the season too. Uh, I just, I just worry that there are too many butts added to that the World Series. Which again, I like this is to say I agree with you. Yes. I think it matters. I think the World Series is important, but I think there's too many butts. Mm. Not having a crowd, <laughs> not you know the other teams also don't have all their players. So if you take on the Dodgers, right, and David Price isn't playing because he's opted out, can't you just say? Oh yeah, well we would have won if we had David Price today. You know, it's it's definitely it's definitely going to be uh, it's definitely going to be something that's going to be subject to debate. Um, and I do, but I do think that probably this is, and uh, you know, not to give too much <laughs> not to give too much credit to our little podcast. But I think one of the big values that you can get from this though is is that um, you know I think the joys that like you can still see your you can still see players playing at an elite level and chart their progress and i think that that is going to especially for someone like tank who's in the last season of his contract uh you know i think that's going to matter uh i mean my gut is i do think the yanks are going to will 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 extend him if he especially if he continues things up i also think that daka is like he did not opt out when he had the chance with how bad of a market it he came for like free agents. It seemed like he was actually the smart, oh, smart one for that too. But I think that he also genuinely wants to stay in New York, and uh, so I think, and I think as long as the Yankee leadership wants to make that happen, um, which I think at the moment they're inclined to do, or at least that's my gut feeling, then that'll that'll work. But you know, he still has to. This is one of the things where if there's a season, uh, he has to perform in it. So we'll see. This is this is going to be wild. It's a this yeah. this whole thing is wild and weird. And the third episode of the talk, you guys would literally be us. Could literally us just postmorteming, you know, you know why <laughs> don't we have a baseball season now? But was it was it responsible to try? And was there a better way? And I I really do think if we look at if we look at this, uh, if we if baseball ends up not happening, 
which, you know, again, I hope it continues and I hope it continues safely. I think that the big question that's going to be in people's minds is going to be like, why, you know, like, why didn't we bubble? And I think one of the big things is that, you know, people wanted to be near their families and et cetera. And that was unacceptable outside of it. But then the flip side of that is, is that, uh, you know, then that means that you, it, it, it might, it might not be possible to do it other than that. And, you know, honestly, it would have been interesting hypothetical experiment if they did bubble. I think you have a lot of people with families, a lot of the big time players not doing it. But then what do you have? You have like a whole bunch of like young, hungry people from tro- well, coming up from AAA. You have like old dudes wanting their last ride. You're having people who are just like totally flipping dedicated and just like, you know, Skyping in with their families to make it happen. Um, it would have been very interesting. It would have been potentially like a major league style season. And I think that could have been really enjoyable, especially if it was meant that that happened and nobody got sick. Yeah. We'll never know. Never know. Um, but hopefully they can they can solve these issues and make it safe. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Spe- yes. Speaking of never know, <laughs> we don't know when Tanaka's next start's going to be. We don't. Um, beyond So, from what I've seen, the scheduling beyond uh, Garrett Cole uh, pitching on Monday, we don't know what exactly things are going to look like in terms of the uh, – in terms of how everything is, uh, is going to be pro- proceeding with the with the Yankees with the Yankees ro- rotation, uh, we're looking at four games versus Philadelphia, uh, Monday to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday, uh, and one of those Monday games I believe is going to be played at Baltimore. It looks like uh, that's weird. Uh, yeah, I saw that too. Maybe it's a makeup game or something. Maybe it's a makeup game. Not sure. Uh, well, the problem is we don't. We're trying to plan these podcasts around Tanaka's start, so we'll, the idea is we'll have them right after his start. Right. So we we really <laughs> TBD as to when episode two is going to release. Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially since you know, like the start will happen, but then it's you know always a question of like you know when we can make it happen. But we're going to try to do it after you know the the day after if we can. Um, what it's looking like in terms of thing if it's a five days rest, it's going to be. I believe that puts him starting against the opener against Tampa Bay on mm. Friday the so, fr- fr- Friday fr- Friday the seventh, um, and if it's on four days rest, I believe that's closing against the that that'll that'll close things against the Phillies. Um, so I mean we'll 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 see. Although wait, was there was there just an update on that? Um, nope, nope. There there was not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's a, so it's and what's also interesting to me too is is that uh, the doubleheader on Saturday against Tampa Bay is going to be seven. It, it is going to be it's going to be a yes. it's going to be seven innings, which uh, that's uh, which which is always interesting to me and such. And I think that in, when makeup games, I think in a world with more makeup games, uh, in order to try to like catch these teams up that have had been shut down because of coronavirus, that's what you're going to that's what yeah. you're going to be seeing. And I'll be. I think once. I think that'll be a, probably a subject of t- a discussion for around that time because we'll probably have seen more of them within the league too. Um, but it sounds like um, Tanaka will have more pitches. Maybe not too too many more, but more than. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I, I what I saw on 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 the ESPN app, which you know, take it with a giant grain of salt, y'all. 
is is that like it'll be like up to 60 and stuff but again um will i think it's going to be a question of like how his stuff looks and how he's dealing what the composition what the what the composition of the game looks like and uh and yeah and then we'll we'll go from there but i i assume that uh yeah that he'll get more pitches and we don't know how many more than 50 it's going to be but uh but yeah i can it would make sense that they would continue to just like to work him up and stuff uh and we'll we'll also just see how long that uh, that takes because you know when he's dealing his pitch count can be very very low per inning because he's someone who you know this time he got a bunch of strikeouts but a lot of times he puts the ball into play in the infield and then they just you know they, his yeah. his defense gets out so with that kind of thing you know he can go deep like he's pitched uh several maddoxes which a maddox is a complete game in less than 100 pitches mm-hmm. um a complete game shutout. So he can, he can, if he's limited to sixty, he could still potentially get a he could still potentially get a W if the if uh if things if things work out right. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to talking with you again. Of course, when that time comes and discussing more of this crazy season we're involved in. Yeah. Um, you can find us on our website at spoilermedia.net. As well as um, on pretty much every one of the podcast services, will be on Apple, iTunes, will be on Spotify, which I know is a new hot, hot podcasting service, Stitcher, Google Play, and the like. Yeah, no, basically wherever your fine podcasting uh, podcasting needs are met, you can find us. So uh, thank you to our listener and one listener in Boise, and yes. uh, you know maybe you'll be joined by uh, two people from from Yanks Twitter by the end of it. <laughs> regardless what happens though i'm looking forward to continuing this adventure with you Barra, and thanks uh, for uh, thanks for joining all right see you all very soon take care